0: Here by yourself, only messing. Hello, and welcome to another exhilarating episode of Everything About anything the show that makes your grandmother want to curl up with a nice cup of hot chocolate until she pisses herself and then has to be admitted to a purpose built nursing home by her family members and they can't visit her because of the COVID restrictions. Then you get a phone call two weeks later from the manager who's saying, Oh, she's after passing away and you're blaming it all on my podcast. I think that's a bit harsh, to be honest. Anyway, welcome to today's episode. I'm going to be covering some important topics, such as Dr. Harold Shipman. I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite serial killers of all time, Charlie Manson. I'm going to talk about um, the increasing crime levels in, in the area, especially with, with my bicycle being robbed. And I'm going to talk about Back to the Future too. So, sit back, relax, get yourself a nice Lucasite, and try not to piss yourself. There once was a man called Ray, who moulded a cunt out of clay. But the heat from his prick turned the clay into brick and tore all his foreskin away. I was never, ever asked to read a poem in school. My favourite memory in school was when we were doing... Um, what did we have to read? To Kill a Mockingbird. remember that. I think it was Harper Lee wrote the book. And it was also a popular film. So we had to do that for the juniors. Now, I went to a school where there was a lot of foreign nationals at the time. Uh, there was a lot of Nigerians there, if I'm being honest. And, um, I don't know if any of you have read To Kill a Mockingbird, but it's quite riddled with racial terms, to be honest with you, um, so it was, was, you know, Boo Radley, and there was a few other characters in it, so it, it was going around, and our teacher was quite dramatic so she encouraged us to kind of do the um well it's dramatic but like she kind of ran like a speech and drama class so she encouraged us to kind of speak in the language that they would possibly be speaking in this book to make it kind of seem more real or whatever so anyway it went around the class everyone was reading their part and uh it came around to me then i was like Eamon, do you want to do you want to take the next section and bearing in mind, I'm sitting beside fucking Mubabwe from Malawi, who just recently moved over from his family. So the first line that I read started off like that, like this: um, "I knew it was that damn nigger on that field again," and he just looked at me. And you know, I, I spent I spent the morning trying to get to know him, asking about his family. What what's your commute like? How far do you have to go to get water and stuff like? That? And this just you know he fucking next six months. Then he was just you know you'd see him looking over at me like we were there in the canteen. He was there eating his chicken or whatever, and you just you'd see in his eyes that he thought I was a racist. And that was very hard to to uh, to live down. But anyway, I want to talk about Back to the Future too. It's. Probably the most sensitive of all the back to the futures, also the most strangest. Because um well he kind of he goes to an extreme extent it's kind of Freudism here where he goes to an extreme extent of going all the way back to the future so he could fuck his mother. That is just you know, looking like, you know, all we all have fetishes and you might see the odd picture of your auntie in a swimsuit from 1970 on a family trip to cove and you'd be saying "Eh, she's all right because especially back in my day it was quite limited the 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 pornography that you got to I suppose the only euro trash on a friday was probably the only bit like uh, uh, even at that like you were having like a danger wank where you were kind of very aware of your surroundings, so while you're at yourself, you kind of had to have an ear out as well to see when your mother was finished listening to Glen Rowe. So once you heard that, doo, 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 you knew you had to finish. On remember your one Lola with the with the giant tits that was sucking like a fucking pastilles lolly. You had to finish by the time she was able to walk down to her bedroom... And go, right, that's it now, off to bed, off to bed with you. Scary shit. Anyway, what was that Oh, yeah, back to the future. Um, yeah, so you kind of, you went back... Uh, this was pre-Parkinson's now, you know... To, to have sex with his, his slightly better looking... Mother. That Like, that seems to... Just be kind of paved over and ignored... Um, but that's really what the film was about, wasn't it? Like, can correct me now if I'm missing anything, but, Um I actually was looking online there because I'm into film memorabilia. And I wanted to, you know, I've, kind of, I've collected a few things. I was telling my friends there recently that I ordered, I have an extremely large head. Like, it looks like a melon had sex with a cabbage. And that's not me being harsh about it. But anyway, I'd recently finished the Iron Man trilogy. So I ordered, you know, as you do, an Iron Man full size, adult size mask, one fits all. One fits all me whole. I could barely get it over my fucking nose. Uh so I was very disappointed with that. There was that. that's 384 euro that I won't see again. Robbing bastards. Anyway. Um speaking of robbing. I kind of had a traumatic experience there a couple of weeks ago where my bicycle was robbed from the side of my house. Now, I've been having, I've been having arguments with the neighbours next door because they keep kind of parking their car in front of the driveway and they're leaving their back two wheels like an inch away to a point where they think that, uh, you know, I'm not going to give out about it. But look like, at I said I lost the plot one day, and I said, uh, "Fucking, unless you're coming to visit me, I don't want you fucking parking there." And your mom was like, "You little bollocks, yeah, you, you little bollocks," which I found strange because I was a lot taller than he was. So after the bike was stolen, I automatically think that it, thought that it was this bastard. So I went over, I rang his doorbell. It was about six in the morning, and he answered, and I was just like, "Well." What did you fucking rob me bike for? He said, "I, I haven't a clue, which is having a clue what you're on about. Said, you, you got up in the early hours in the morning and you robbed me bicycle. Turns out it wasn't him. This went back and forth for a while. Different items of clothing got thrown. Um, I thought I was going to be raped at one stage. Anyway, turns out it wasn't him, but I don't want to speculate as to uh, who did steal it, but I could only think that, you know, in in hindsight, it was probably Tinkers, they'd fucking take anything, wouldn't they, and I, when I moved into this house, I was trying to get rid of this kind of black standard couch, that you'd fucking see in most student beds, it's standard fucking piece of shit letter thing, so initially I had it up for like 50 euro, and the only people that were contacting me were fucking travellers, and they were coming and ringing me, ah, oh, just say we there by the couch, little black leather couch, you still have that here, you going to sell that, you going to sell that here? And then, I was like, no, because they'd come around, and they'd take one look in the letterbox, and they'd be fucking, you know, they'd be taking the bulbs out of your fucking lamps, they'd be taking the bread out of your toaster, they'd be fucking stealing the food out of your dog's bowl, so, nothing I could do you know and then I tried to I didn't have the serial number of the bike around so I rang the guards and I said lads listen are you sitting down and he actually was because he was filling out a report and I said well here get another sheet you're gonna this is gonna fucking shock you he said go on I said well my name's Eamon and my bike has been stolen from the side of my house What you think of that not much to be honest Um, you know he said needle in a haystack, and I said, no, bicycle at the side of the house, Um, so I just gave a description of it, two wheels, horn, um, gears, Shimano gears, they're the best, 18, 18 Shimano gears, um, so I gave a description of the bike, and he said, you've better chance of finding Madeline McCann, and I said, well, it looks likely with with the recent findings, he said, what, and then then I just kind of hung up the phone, So I'm none the wiser as to who's taking it. Um so if anyone out there has any information, it's a boardman bike. It's a hybrid. Um it was actually my father's, he cycled it once and he said it didn't suit him. So he's gonna be he's gonna be fucking doubly pissed off. Um so like if anyone has any information, uh, could they just email me uh big juicy boy one oh one at aircom dot net um, that would be very helpful, appreciate it, um, okay, so I think I'm going to just kind of slide in with a little joke there, just to break, break the, uh, you know, break the uh, drama there, because that was a very tense story, so I don't want it to be all kind of, you know, fucking, you know, scary fucking, oh, everything's wrong with the world kind of thing, so a bit of a lighthearted hearted joke might break things up, so I'm going to tell you the story about a man, and uh he has a newspaper at home. And he's reading it anyway. He sees all these different ads for. He, he wanted to. You know, wanted to try something new. He was working in central for twenty seven years and just didn't see it going anywhere. So I wouldn't mind. Wouldn't mind doing something new. Like, my whole life ahead of me. I'm twenty nine. Started in central when he was three, I suppose. But um, yeah. So he sees sees this job in a circus, and he goes, "Fuck me! That's my my dream." Um. So he arrives anyway, and uh the lad the lad's setting up the circus there, you know, putting putting the trapeze stuff together, feeding the little elephants, slapping a few dogs around and uh he says, Oh, how's it going? Are you well? He says, Not too bad, not too bad, not too bad. Listen, seeing the ad there you were looking for someone to To help you out in the circus. He says, I'm really sorry, look that job's after being fucking taken. He says, Well, can I have it? Is there anything else going? He's I'm sorry, we have nothing here. Please, I'll fucking do anything. I'll do anything just to join. He says, Well, what can you do? And he goes, Right, I can jump off a high wire into two foot of water and just land on a sponge. He says, Can you do that? He says, Yeah. he said, Holy shit. He goes, Okay, I want to see that. So he goes off, and he goes, I have a sponge. I have a little drum of water there, and I have a high wire. So your man climbs up to the top anyway, and he jumps off. He lands in the water, lands on top of the sponge, and he gets out. And your man goes, Fucking hell, that's amazing. And he says, Thanks very much. He says, I don't want the job, though. He says, What do you mean you don't want the fucking job? You're after begging me there for the last hour and a half. He says, Yeah, no. That's my first time doing that trick and... Well, I've kind of hurt my neck, to be honest with you. Ha, ha, ha. Wasn't that a funny story? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, Reading an article there, says the HSE have recommended that people should have sex only with people who they are living with. Now, I'm going to find that a bit of an uncomfortable situation as I'm living at home in a one-bedroom cottage with me father. So I don't know how he's going to receive that news. I'd have to go down to his room in the early hours of the morning. Try and fucking, you know, break the news to him gently. Maybe like I have a couple of hobnobs on a plate and a nice little can of lilt. Go, all right, dad. You go, what the fuck do you want? Waking me up at this hour. Have a hobnob there. I want to show you this article. Yeah. Ah, right, yeah. Fucking HSE are recommending that we should write each other. And I, to be honest, for one anyway, I don't see this happening or him putting out because, well, I'm after losing his bike, so. Well, I, for one anyway, found that to be a very unhelpful article for both me and my father. It's probably as unhelpful as Stephen Hawkins if you got a job on a phone sex line. You imagine that, wasting your your, your your money for a good masturbation session. And you're just greeted with this. Hello, what are you wearing? I'd love to finger bang you. Speaking of sex, I have some juicy gossip. There's this lad I work with. Now, I probably for legal reasons shouldn't say his name. So I'm just going to call him John Lee Joe from Cellbridge and uh we were talking about massages yeah like he's kind of he's one of those who doesn't really have much to say to you and when you're talking to him he just kind of shites on about the coronavirus Uh, he is from india and you know he'd be just like oh 64 more cases in madrid and then just kind of tuts go john you don't fucking live there what are you worrying about anyway we were having a mixed grill one of the evenings there the chef put on my spread and uh, he started we got onto the topic about massages and because uh, I was saying I had a sore shoulder recently whatever else and he says do do I know any places in Dublin that, that kind of do massages and I said yeah but most of them kind of it's hard to get like just a normal massage because like most of them would like, fucking wank you off and he goes oh, I'm listening I'm listening I said what? He goes, uh, yeah, 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 fucking. Um, I, I used to. He's married now and his kids and a whole lot. Like, and uh, he was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I used to. Uh, I used to do it over in in England. I used to go a lot. But uh, would you have the number of anyone over here? And I, cu- I couldn't believe that what well, I was hearing. now. because he, John seems very kind of straight edge, like you know, and he'd be ones I'd have pictures of his kids in his wallet and all. Like, so I'm. I was kind of shocked. I i was getting a headache because I was trying to keep in this information all day. So later on, we had like a fucking coffee break and there was more the staff members there. There was about, I said it was about 10 or 12 of them or whatever. And uh, Linda walks in and she goes, Oh, how's everyone? Nothing new besides the coronavirus. I said, yeah, fucking John likes to be wanked off by strangers. Now, of course if John's wife hears this she'll probably be very upset so she can contact me on bigjuicyboy101 at aircon.net big shout out to, to John if you're listening um, okay so John is the gift that keeps on giving but speaking of gifts somebody said to me the other day because this year has been a write off blah 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 fucking why don't we just put up the tree and just call it a day because dude No more. It's never acceptable in August to put up a Christmas tree and expect your neighbours not to be like walking past with their French poodles and going, that fucking weirdo has this fucking tree up. Like, it's just. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think you'd be able to get away with it. But I. What stresses me out about Christmas is when you buy a gift for someone. And you're worried about what they're going to give you is either more expensive or cost less than what you got them. So I've come up with a bit of a foolproof plan to be able to kind of fucking stop this from happening. Because you see it happening. someone gets you a pair of socks and you get them like new fucking wireless earphones. And you're just, you're sitting there. Oh, I should have got you. Oh. You should have got your socks. You're just, you're very annoyed. You're very annoyed. So the best way to deal with it, I think, is to give yourself options, right? So you buy a really cheap gift, you buy a mediocre present, and then you buy a really expensive gift. And then it kind of brings new variables into the uh, equation of gift giving, where you'll be able to kind of judge based on their gift what you should give them. So they'd hand you your gift, and you go oh oh thanks very much it's a shirt and tie set then you'd have to fake a digestive problem going if you'll excuse me for a second i need to go into this room and first when you go into that room you have your gifts laid out on the bed in order of sequence of lowest price to highest price so you can go hmm i think that deserves a medium hamper you go back in you hug the person, you go, here's your soap hamper, enjoy it. And everyone's happy. I think that is is the way we should do things for the future. And I know you're going to go, oh, well, that's going to cost a fortune. No, because you just return the other gifts for someone that, you know, down the line might care more about you and, and give you a good gift. The best gift I ever received was a serial killer colouring book. I had all the big ones in there. Um, Ted Bundy, John Gacy. But uh, if you don't want to make the same mistake I had where I was uh, colouring it in Stephen's Green Park and it made the girl beside me feel very uncomfortable as I was doing the sideburns of Charlie Manson in a lovely, lovely light brown colour, to be honest. but um, Yeah, I know I mentioned it earlier. It's taken me quite a while to get there, but Charlie Manson is my favourite serial killer of all time. What makes him special is that he was able to kill people, manipulate people, without actually having to do it himself. So, And he said it himself. He said it in interviews. What crimes have I committed? Like, why am I responsible for these crimes? He sounds like that creepy old man out of a family guy. Um, Why, Chris? So, yeah, like, that's that's what makes him quite unique the same way as Ted Bundy. Like, there was masters of what they did. I know it was negative. I know they were, they were killing people here and writing piggy on walls and killing celebrities and stuff like that. But to be able to manipulate a large group of people and make them do whatever you want, make them do your bidding, I think that's... That's incredible. Like that, someone like that should be leading the country. you I mean, imagine Hitler as the president and Charlie Manson as as vice as vice uh, president? I think they'd get some things done. I think there'd be a couple of changes to policies, especially with kind of with healthcare. Um, so yeah, he he just he just fascinates me. To be honest, like if I was if I was the head of a cult. And had the same ability as Charlie. Imagine waking up in the morning and just like touching one of your members around the legs uh, and, and the bum, and just going, "Here, you, Timothy, sorry, Siobhan, go down there and get me your breakfast roll, and don't put any tomato on it, or I'll go fucking ape shit when you come back." And then, like, you know, we always we all have that like that film, The Purge. I, I had a discussion about this with a few friends, like, saying, that should be legal, because the population, I don't know, the coronavirus is killing enough people, but, like, the population is getting quite high around the world, so this would be a way of levelling things out, where if there was a day, a year, where you could just fucking kill whoever was pissing you off at work, or whatever, or... Um, or I'm after getting feedback here from a guy called Jared Corbett. Who says, listen to your show. Why don't you just fucking kill yourself? See, I'd probably be going after him next year. So, uh, Charlie Manson. He was massively influenced by the Beatles. Now, not not to an extent where he had like a lot of number ones and stuff like that. But... He felt that the Beatles were speaking to him through their music and especially the book I'm reading at the minute, A Helter Skelter, which is a famous Beatles song, but he said that his philosophy was that all the blacks were gonna take over the world and come down and kill all the whites and then they would spare his cult because they were following him and you know um, accepting their their premises for what they wanted as a reality and in fairness that's what religion is like really isn't it so one of the most famous murders of charlie manson was the, the sharon tate murder which is Hugely documented, shitloads of documentaries, films, books, everything else. So he got a group of his followers to arrive at their mansion in the California Hills, where they were having a party. And the I think they were led by this guy called Tex, who was like his right hand man kind of thing. And they came in and they just absolutely butchered them. Fucking blood everywhere. She was pregnant at the time. I think they like cut open her stomach and they were like trying to rip out like her intestines and it was it was a grotesque scene that was found by her um, cleaner the next day I'd say she fucking had her hands full when she arrived with the mop she was probably like oh, you know on her way in on the bus going oh, I'm going to have to clean those windows now and I go oh Jesus I need to get a bigger bucket but Charlie, if you watch him in court cases and stuff like that, he just kind of denies, he denies everything. Like, so even when he was questioned about the Sharon Tate murders, he was just like, well, I wasn't there, was I? And he had his followers so fucked up that they just kind of... ...they just kind of went along with it... ...because they didn't want Charlie getting in trouble or whatever... ...so they just took the flack for everything... ...and they still denied that they were brainwashed... ...and... ...just kind of... ...I don't know... ...emphasized that he had like this... ...godlike... ...aura about him... ...that they openly wanted to just... ...follow... ...and see as a leader and... ...I don't know... ...like if Charlie was in charge now in America... I think he could do a much better job than Donald Trump well that's nearly my time for this week another week another lawsuit so I'm going to end it with this little segment which I like to call relationship advice I have an email here from Marie who's writing into me and she's a bit down at the minute she says I, I, I suffer with low self esteem and my boyfriend since COVID-19 has kind of lost interest in our relationship he's become more distant um he's not as attentive as he was and also we haven't been sexually active for for quite a while what could i do to help spice up our relationship or to maybe change things well Maria, it seems like you're going through a lot of problems there at the minute and obviously it's sensitive times so maybe you could try this stop fucking nagging him, will you for fuck's sake i'm eamon this is everything about anything see you later